The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guests illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Aranga. Hello, and welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, A Conversation of Hope, for Tuesday, October 4th. I'm Terry Arango with my guest, Dr. Mary Joanne Lang. With a long-time background as a nurse and psychologist, Dr. Lang is a professor at Azusa Pacific University. She is involved in intervention programs for children and adolescents with autism spectrum disorders. Dr. Lang manages a school for children with autism and related disabilities, Beacon Day School in Orange, California, as well as an in-home therapy program. Currently, she is also conducting research on parental attitudes towards sexuality and adolescence with autism. Welcome, Dr. Lang. Oh, thank you very much, Terry, for having me. Well, Dr. Lang, you wanted to start out by sharing your daughter's experience as an adult with special needs for special services. Well, you know, of course, my daughter now is 30, and I've lived through some of the changes that have occurred in um, education and supports for adults with developmental disabilities. And what I really came to realize is that the information that is required for a quality of life and independence is not really provided to to the parents and or given opportunities to the students or or young adults. So uh, for my daughter, I I'm, I conceptually I'm pulling it together by looking at different areas that she needs support in. For example, continuing education, which can be available at junior colleges and opportunities for enhancing independence in in living circumstances, vocational situations and and finances how and how are they going to manage how is Jessica for example really going to manage her finances and how much does she really understand health care and social uh, issues and one of the big issues that is really never discussed is sexuality, and that's really a hard topic to approach with parents and because there are so many um, so many cultures and customs and and taboos related to this that it's really hard to bring up but yet can significantly interfere with um, my daughter's life and with the life of other uh, adolescents and, and young adults. So 
um, we're, we're, I am struggling through those issues, and I really want to join with parents to help explore how we can make each one of these areas um, better understood with what needs to be done. All right, so what do you see as the biggest deficits in general for the population of students with autism and other special needs as they age, and can you relate this? Uh, to Jessica's situation. Sure. I mean, for example, education. Let's just go through the list. Uh, Jessica um, really doesn't like to exercise very much. So, but one of the things that I found that she really does like is dancing. So, uh, there are cl- uh, classes at community colleges and uh, similar institutions that have uh, dance classes and exercise classes that can be a lot of fun for her and uh, that she and that she can enjoy. And uh, when she was living in Northern California, she actually participated in a dance class and then they had a recital at the end of the year, which was a huge success, gave a lot of positive feedback for her. Um, independent living, I, I, you know, I have to tell you, that uh, part of the challenges is that Jessica uh, uh, wants to help. She's a she wants to be very useful, but she continues to make mistakes like uh, put too much uh, detergent in the washing machine and then it breaks. So she continues, uh, you know. I, I guess for my, me personally, I get very frustrated because I keep thinking that these things have been taught to her over the years, and now that she is at home uh, living with me um, and my daughter, I, I'm finding that she really doesn't understand them. And then it interferes with her ability to, you know, do her own laundry, fold, you know, fold her clothes because she now has broken the washing machine. So, and, and when she was in her community, uh, what they did was just take the opportunity away from her. So, uh, and then employment. Um, it depends, um, since Jessica has been home, well, when she was in her community, they really didn't um, foster a positive work environment. Jessica likes to work, in, likes to work with children in a preschool and one day when I was um, reviewing her progress and what she was doing in an individual program plan with the regional center, and that is specific to California. I'm sure other states have things that are similar, but in California the funding agency in this, uh, for developmental disabilities is called the regional center, and it's all over the state. So when she was... Uh, we were in a plan, developing a plan for her for the next year. I came to find out that uh, the the five year olds in the program were making fun of Jessica, and nobody stopped that. Oh so, my gosh! So you know, I I was horrified, and so so. You know what does that do? That is that's negative reinforcement, um, and so why would she do it? So now, trans, you know, bringing her home and finding opportunities, uh, employment opportunities or vocational opportunities for her, um, uh, it, um, 
is, is going to be a little more challenging because she wasn't real happy with that one. Um, finances, one of the good things about Jessica is I know what her reinforcer is, and that's money. So if she can earn some money, you know, even if it's, you know, a uh, dollar because she worked through the day and uh, completed whatever uh, her tasks and requirements are for the day, whether it's making her bed or making her lunch, then she gets a dollar. Uh, um, and so you have a very positive reward system. And then, then ultimately she has, she has a list of things that she's working for with how much it costs next to it so when she has that amount of money she can make a choice of of what she wants to buy uh the other big thing is healthcare and there are not a lot of physicians out there and i can speak to this because my husband is a physician he's a pediatrician uh that deal with or like to deal with adults with disabilities Birthday, well, they don't even know what to tell you. And uh, sometimes the child or the adult is difficult to examine. It takes a lot of their time. The, uh, the way the medical system is established now is you have to, um, everything is on volume of patients, so you don't have a lot, they don't have a lot of time to sit with a family with a child or an adolescent with a disability to make that um, that person feel comfortable and the family feel comfortable that the uh, the individual is getting their needs met. This is particularly important when it comes to um, to adolescent sexuality, um, birth control pills. And I'm not talking about birth control pills because uh, we just want to, well, it's multifaceted. But one of the big things, for example, is uh, young women who start their menstrual period and how they deal with that. And uh, it can be very complicated. Um, And so, uh, like for Jessica, for example, she carries bags and we're trying to change this behavior of sanitary napkins around with her constantly because she's afraid that she's going to have her period. And and to I, I don't know where she learned that behavior, but that's that's what's happening and that is what we're working through. Other things are that cause problems in healthcare uh, relate to especially to gynecological issues are uh, sexually transmitted diseases because uh, in my uh, review of the literature for my research we discovered that 50% of individuals with developmental disabilities have been uh, have been abused in some way or another they're an easy target because they can't communicate very well and the other Part of it is uh, they don't even know sometimes when they're being taken advantage of because if something feels good to you, it feels good to them, and somebody can feed them a line, and and they just they just become the victim. 
So we have a real significant problem with that, and we have to educate our first responders, police, fire people, um, in terms of how to handle that. We have students who will take off their clothes in public. And, uh, and what does that mean? You know, how do, how do the first responders handle that? The, the next area is social and recreational. With autism, you know, we have a real issue with social skills. They don't pick up on, on some of the social cues that are present in the environment and they don't learn by incidental observation uh, they have to be taught things, taught how to greet, taught how to, uh, you know, um, behave and, and, and have a deliberate social skills plan. And that also flows into uh, sexuality because they don't always understand what is appropriate touching and personal boundaries. And I'll give you an example from Jessica, um, since I'm her mother. Uh, for example, she, she wants attention and she wants to hug you and she wants to tell you, uh, you know, how much she loves you. In that process, she'll come up and hug you and she's strong. So she can come up and give you a bear hug and then she hurts you. She doesn't mean to. But and then you're mad because she she does something that is unpleasant, and so then she then she can't hug, and uh, because nobody wants her near because she hasn't learned uh, much to my dismay personal boundaries and how to um, communicate through touch with somebody and who who hugging. Hugging is appropriate because sometimes she'll hug anybody, well, and, and that sounds a problem. Dr. Lang, in all of these instances, I think that uh, you've just underscored the need for oversight and resources and funding to achieve this high level of uh, oversight that this population of students needs. And we will pick up with this when we come back from break at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you to our sponsor, OxyHealth. We'll be right back. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. 
Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling. Whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We are back with Dr. Mary Joanne Lang. And before we move forward, I just want to share the website with everybody for Beacon Day School. It's www.beacondayschool.com, B-E-A-C-O-N-D-A-Y-S-C-H-O-O-L. And I have personally visited there, and it is absolutely a wonderful place. So, Dr. Lang, thanks for coming back with us here. And how has your experience with your daughter, Jessica, made you decide to move forward for other students? We know now from the previous segment that you certainly have a great handle on the issues. And how are you going to move forward for others? Well, I originally started a Beacon Day School, and two things have made me um, very committed and excited about moving forward with transition and adult uh, programs. The the first uh, really started out because the students at the school were aging out at 22, and they have in, and here in California there aren't very many programs that or any uh, that are really uh, of high quality. There may be a few, but they're not everywhere and they're not easily accessible. Um, may, I, may I interject? I must um, let the audience know that um, I, I toured various facilities and Beacon Day School, is, and, which serves youngsters um, five years old and then through 22 years old, um, Beacon Day School is really a superior setting. So you know, please continue. Uh, so parents were asking me to, you know, what I was going to do for these students who were aging out at 22 because the day you have your 22nd birthday, you're out of the school system. The other thing that really um, lit a fire in my heart was the fact that my daughter, who is uh, 30, I had her in a in a community that had had, quote, social therapies, and it was not, uh, obviously, by things I previously mentioned, working very well for her. As a matter of fact, it uh, she regressed tremendously, and I was getting very frightened So uh, for her, so I just pulled her out, and, and so she's here with me, and I am starting uh, an adult services program called Beacon Life Project, and in that, in that project, we're, the concept is to facilitate, as I mentioned earlier, quality of life, independence, uh, so that uh, the individual, the young adult uh, or adolescent, can uh, have a, a access to the community, feel good about themselves, have have friends uh, and and 
have a life that is meaningful and is contributing to uh, society because sometimes it's a feeling, and I, I, you know, I haven't done research or reviewed the literature to document this, but uh, some individuals with disabilities are, the concept is, well, I don't know what we're getting, uh, you know, from the general public perhaps or from the legislator. These people get a lot of entitlements. Why do we need those entitlements? What are we getting out of the entitlements? So um, I think uh, providing an opportunity for these young people and young adults to to contribute through uh, volunteering or jobs or uh, community action, all sorts of things that can happen to facilitate their contribution towards their own uh, quality of life as well as to the quality of life um, for society as a whole. But, um, for example, and all uh, things that we are exploring for the uh, adult Beacon Life Project are the first would be things like education. Uh, what further educational opportunities do we have available to these to these young people? Whether it be a vocational skill or recreational skill, everything from uh, a weaving, uh, which is a, a really great project, uh, and things that you can weave things and then they can sell them uh, to gardening. There are communities where they ha- uh, that are self-sustaining because they have agriculture and they can grow plants. And uh, they, they, the community, uh, the one that I'm, I'm mentioning is in Texas, where it's totally self-sustaining on agriculture, uh, of, like having a plant nursery, I guess is the best way to describe it. Independent living. I I am horrified that my daughter still at 30 is putting the wrong amount of detergent, and they haven't marked a a measuring plastic measuring cup with how much you need how much you need to put into the washing machine. So I don't know why I'm still struggling with that, but it 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 needs to be set up so that the uh, individual can function as best they can. Um, and, and maintain themselves in their ho- own home environment, whether that's a supported living situation, a, uh, a group home that, that shares this philosophy, because not all group homes do. Um, you know, we have, to, we have to make their living circumstances uh, uh, pleasant. They, you don't want them to feel rejected because ultimately it doesn't work because that's what happened to my daughter. Employment. I, I know that um, many of these people, and I was, just, I was just at a non-public agency which is related to speech and language services in Orange County, and I walked in and they had a young man who did all their filing and things like that, and he had, um, he had autism, and they, they loved him. Because if they asked for John Doe's file, he, it didn't take him two minutes to go and put his hands right on it and then file it back. So they, so there are these opportunities that are for employment in a variety of settings. 
um, so we want to encourage uh, as much, you know, as appropriate employment, if not employment, volunteering and community service as we as we can, so that the the people can contribute. They practice their social skills and they are appreciated and they get positive feedback. All right. So I know that you're placing a priority on the residential aspect. And will uh, individuals be able to transition from the residential settings to the employment settings during the day? They should. I, I, I mean, whether it, it doesn't matter whether the child or the student or um, individual is in a residential um, setting or not. If they are, here's what I encourage people to do. Uh, and parents to do. Long-term planning is the key because you never know um, how things are going to change. And uh, so deciding whether your child or young adult needs to be conserved for finances or uh, and health care and those kinds of things is a very important uh, personal uh, decision. So it's the long-term planning. You may decide to keep uh, for your uh, in, your student or young adult in, in your home. That's fine. Well, what kind of support services do you need to keep that per, your your uh, son or daughter or family member in the home in order to uh, maintain a quality of life not only for that person uh, but for yourselves? All right, Dr. Lang, let's now talk about your program that's called BASIC, your BASIC program. That's somewhere in between your plans for the future for adults and the younger population whom you currently serve. Right. Well, BASIC is a, um, is a program that provides behavioral uh, support. Uh, right now it's vendored in the regional center um, in under 612, which is meaningless to um, to most people. But what it means is that uh, BASIC goes into the home, uh, works with the individual, whether it can be an adult, it can be a child, it can be any age, and teaches them whatever uh, skills that they need to learn to that are the focus of the intervention. It could be... It could be uh, toileting, it could be getting dressed, it could be um, community integration, it can be any of those where the student is having a problem, but the problem has to be specifically uh, defined. The idea of BASIC, uh, as it's defined by the regional center here, is to teach families how to how to how to manage themselves, and the problem is that as I'm seeing what is happening here in Southern California, is that the people who you go into the person's home, the let's say the one-on-one is there with the individual for ten hours a week, and then you have the supervision of that person, and then you have consultation. The problem is the goal of this is for the parent to take over. 
Well, in today's economy, you have parents who have to work two jobs. And, you know, father's working two jobs, mother's working a job. And by the time you get home, the parents get home, they're bushed. They, they don't need another job. So it, it isn't as successful as it might sound because students with developmental disabilities and um, autism and other issues as well, they need structure and consistency. So the minute, and I can speak to Jessica, the minute the day isn't structured and she doesn't know exactly what she's going to do, Okay, this is a good time to break. So okay. we want to thank our sponsor, Oxy Health, and we'll pick up with this when we come back to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. To perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On Mind, Brain, and Body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness, radio dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back with Dr. Mary Joanne Lang, and if you'd like to contact Dr. Lang, please check out the website at www.beacondayschool.com to hear about the exciting things that are happening and will be happening. So, Dr. Lang, how is BASIC, your program called BASIC, that you were talking about before the break, going to segue into the exclusively adult program that you're developing, which is the nonprofit program called the Beacon Light Project? Well, really, the Beacon Life Project is uh, founded on similar principles of applied behavioral analysis, um, and that by that we mean we want to provide very positive supports. We want to decrease uh, um, inappropriate or, or uh, negative behaviors and find replacements for uh, the young adults so that they can be. Um, again, have a higher quality of life and independence because that's the ultimate um, goal. So we're taking each one of the concepts that I've mentioned, education, independent living, employment, finance, health care, uh, social, recreational, and sexuality, and we're looking at how to uh, develop those concepts and make them meaningful 
for for the young adults, depending on what their choices are, because they have. Uh, as you become an adult, you want to have um, you want to have choices. So you're not, you know, when you're young, your parents tell you to eat your spinach. Um, but as an as an adult, you um, making choices is part of your. Um, of your way of life. So you want to give them some choices in selecting menus, for example, if they're on a, either even choices within a gluten case and free environment, uh, the choice of recreational activities, um, looking at all kinds of um, independent living situations which best would meet their needs. Um, so, and then you know, we, we do want to get to issues of working with families regarding finances and, and health care needs because uh, physicians need to be educated in how to transition a, uh, you know, take a young person, uh, for example, a young woman who uh, needs a, uh, a physical to that physician and making sure he understands what's necessary in order to make it a positive or as positive as you can make those things. Um, and so that the individual young woman will have uh, a comfortable, positive experience and not have, not to be frightened because it can be very frightening. The, the other thing that we're really going to work on is the issues of of sexuality and for example I can talk a little bit about that in terms of defining um, appropriate touch and personal boundaries um, for example some of the issues are um, that touch and personal boundaries are difficult to learn by just observing an incidental learning for this uh, population um, who's the enemy I mean, who do you touch and who don't you touch? And when is it okay? Who, you can hug your parents, your sister, your brother. Not okay to hug a stranger. And so some of these uh, social issues are very, very important. So a social program that helps um, the uh, young people and young adults to understand these very challenging issues um, have to be integrated in into the commu- community. As part of that, or maybe an antecedent to that, is we have to make sure that there is a means for the individual to communicate. And just because they have they talk or have some speech doesn't mean that they can communicate in an effective and efficient manner and I can just go back to my daughter Jessica and she has language but her she is she has receptive language issues and expressive language issues so what does that mean because most people don't even take that into consideration because she speaks and because she speaks it sounds like she's more intact or has less difficulty than that, with that than anything else. So this communication piece in the adult program is is critical to success in all in in 
in all the concepts that I've mentioned because you have to talk. You have to be able to communicate. And with Jessica, you think she's understanding, but I can't speak to her like I am speaking over this radio show. I have to speak very, um, I can't give too many instructions at the same time. I have to, my voice has to be slower um, because she may understand one instruction, but if I give her multiple instructions and expect her to follow through with it, she won't. Or she, It's not even that she won't. She can't because she doesn't understand. And the skill that Jessica has learned, which is very positive, is um, that she'll tell you she doesn't understand. Ah, uh, okay. Very they good. have to be able to tell you if they don't understand, they have to be able to communicate, I don't understand, and then you can go back and break things down. Mm-hmm. The other piece of that, because of these language issues, there's um, it takes the... Jessica, and I can just use her as an example, she has slow processing speed. So she might, uh, she might understand it, but then her ability to respond is delayed. And if we think about language and communication, we speak in, our brain works in milliseconds. So if Terry asks me a question, I have to have an I have to have a response. It doesn't take me long to figure out something to say. But for students and adults and anybody with a disability, this processing speed has to be taken into account because they ha- may have word finding problems, mm-hmm. or they may come up with the inappropriate word, um, and so it takes time for them to mobilize their words, mobilize their actions. And sometimes those, when, it, when that is not understood, the behavior, as a behaviorist, what you hear is, well, they're just oppositional defiant. And they're not oppositional defiant. They don't understand. And if you're asking them to do something that they don't understand, then you're going to get a behavior that you don't want. Right. Just just like they're not putting in too much laundry detergent to be defiant, they're not not finding the word quickly enough to be defiant. Yeah. So they're, they're not shown or taught how to do it and so they keep doing the wrong thing and then uh or they'll say, Well you need a cup. Well Jessica doesn't understand cups. You have to mark cup on a plastic container and physically show her and you're gonna to have to show her several times until she becomes, it becomes a routine. Well, Dr. Lang, let's talk also about Beacon Day School, which is your main school program at this point for children 5 years old through 22 who are significantly impacted by autism. Beacon, for example, provides integrative educational care. So what do you mean by that? Well, uh, it's, uh, integrative educational care is a concept that, um, I learned many years ago in relationship to how, how, uh, I'm struggling with my own word finding problem at the moment. It, what it means is that the body, mind, um, language, all those things are integrated. There is no such thing as 
an attentional lobe that you can say, oh, well, it's, it's, it's that part of the brain that has the attentional problem because really the brain has to function as an integrated whole. Uh, just like, and my best analogy, although I'm really ignorant, is about a car. You know, car may be really great, but if the carburetor doesn't get fuel to the car, then it doesn't work so well. So you have to treat the whole child. It is critical to treat the whole child. And in that regard, we have to look at... um, Physiological needs. Uh, students at Beacon, some of those the students have um, physical uh, issues such as seizure disorders, allergies, um, other kind of gastrointestinal issues. Um, there's a variety of things that go there. I mean, that happen. So we have to be prepared to deal with that issue because. If you do not, uh, if the child is uncomfortable and in pain for any reason um, or sick, you want to be prepared to handle that and make sure to the best of your ability that the child is comfortable. And if you need to, you know, you, there are a variety of things you can do from calling the parents or whatever, whatever the IEP calls for. But in order to do that, we have... Um, we have LVNs who are on on staff who uh, work under my personal supervision, and um, they and and so we we have worked out protocols and things that we have to do again based on the parent uh, the IEP process and the child's needs. Other things that we look at, uh, of course, are related specifically to the child's. Um, uh, Challenges, which can in for autism, can be uh, social skills. Um, I, I actually, and I'll tell you a horror story. I have one uh, young man who was in a school district, and because they couldn't control his behavior, they justified tying him up in the back of the room. Of course, well, that hap- that happens a lot across the country, and I just need to emphasize. Um, how wonderful Beacon is from the standpoint of being kind, gentle, and respectful to students. Well, it, it's horrifying to me, and this particular case ended up, of course, in a big um, litigation, and the student came to Beacon. Well, if you're tied up and ignored, uh, then what is that going to do to your behavior? Do you think that's going to say, oh, gee, now I can be good? I don't think so. So you have to uh, be aware of what the student's, uh, what, what the student's history is in terms of education, uh, of his cognitive strengths and challenges, because you have to know how to educate that student, because we all learn in different in different ways, um, I even have I have I'm dyslexic, believe it or not, and I've had to learn how I need to um, learn myself, which is different from my other uh, colleagues in my doctoral program. Doesn't mean I'm bad or you know or stupid. It just means you learn differently. So uh, it's to be sensitive to the. Uh, to the learning strategies and that 
are, are required to individualize the instruction so that the child can succeed. And, 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 and you have a really good, um, before we go to break, you have a really good uh, staff-to-student ratio at Beacon. Oh, yes. Yes, we do. We have, um, if we assess the student and we feel um, that the student needs um, extra support, they're given, um, they're provided with a one-on-one behavior interventionist. And even the LVNs that are in the classroom are trained, and I hate the word training, but educated in uh, methods of applied behavioral analysis so the structure and consistency can be there in, in the classroom. All right, and that was LVN that Dr. Lang said, that, uh, they're actual nurses in the classroom. And um, just before we go to break, um, Dr. Lang was talking about the very serious issues of um, restraint, uh, seclusion, and abuse in schools. And our uh, friends and colleagues at the National Autism Association um, have really spearheaded efforts uh, to bring this issue to the fore and to help uh, prevent things like restraint, uh, seclusion, and abuse from happening in schools. Be sure to visit our friends' website, www.nationalautism.org, and we will be right back from break at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you to our sponsor, OxyHealth. We'll be right back. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. To perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On Mind, Brain, and Body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness. Radio dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866 472 5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back with Dr. Mary Joanne Lang from Beacon Day School, www.beacondayschool.com. And before the break, Dr. Lang, um, you were talking about Beacon Day School for students 5 through 22 years old, and you pro- uh, provide an integrative educational model that includes applied behavior analysis. And uh, support services come in, like occupational therapy, speech therapy, um, et cetera, and how you respect the um, physical needs of the students have nurses on hands and um, respect their different um, learning styles. So, let's share with listeners about the uh, new school facility that you're working on. Oh, well, I'm I'm thrilled. I was finally I finally found a wonderful 
a facility in La Palma, California, which is um, at the intersection of the 91 and the 55 freeways. Um, and so it's convenient to a lot of areas. It's 20,000 square feet. We're going to have large classrooms, um, hu- huge sensory room that will include our PT, OT um, services. We have a kitchen where we're going to have um, two kitchen areas, essentially, with two separate sinks, you know, stoves, um, that kind of stuff, so the students can learn how uh, we can actually have cooking classes. We do do cooking to learn, um, so which, uh, again, enhances it. Well, what it does when you cook, it requires a lot of things. It requires uh, following directions, thinking things through, math, reading, um, so there's a whole lot of things that go into cooking, so it's a great opportunity for students to learn. So um, building on that idea, we have these two two kitchens, which I am, they're in the same room, but um, two different areas. So I am really, really excited about that. The OT room, um, the large classroom, the transition uh, classroom is going to have some washer and dryer. And it's all, it's going to have a mini kitchen. It isn't going to have like a big oven or anything like the others, but it will have, um, you know, smaller, it'll have like um, a microwave and those kinds of things so the students can uh, learn. They're going to have table and chairs where they can actually set the table. uh, I think it, I think it has it has a dishwasher, so there's a lot of things that can be learned. Um, well, Dr. Gonna... Lang, it sounds like you're doing really wonderful things to help these students. What do you think that states need to do better to serve these students? Oh well, uh, they have no money, and uh, where they're taking their financial should I say revenge out is on people who don't really have a voice except through their parents. Well put. uh, Because uh, students and individuals with developmental disabilities don't vote. And if you don't vote, you don't have a voice. So if parents do not pull together and change the situation, um, financially, you you can't survive. The basic program, um, they've cut it. Uh, down to such a level that businesses uh, can't, at least in Orange County, I can't speak for the rest of the state or for other states, to where you're wondering if you can sustain the business because the funds are being either, they're, they're just being reduced. So, right, so all sorts of providers like occupational therapists, speech therapists, et cetera, um, are being squeezed out, and as you so correctly observed, you know, no vote, no voice, and so people really do need to uh, band together. Dr. Lang, how can parents and others positively affect legislation in California and elsewhere? Well, I think the best thing you can do is write to your legislature, uh, whether it be at federal level or at the state level, go to see go to see your legislature in your area. I went to see mine, 
and discuss this with him. And unless you put an extraordinary amount of pressure on them with volume and repetition, they aren't going to pay any attention to you. And I will. And this legislature person said to me, uh, "I said, well, I, you know, I'd like to, you know, I'm going to give out cards for." Uh, my parents to sign. He said, I don't pay any attention to them. I said, well, why not? He said, if they don't have time to sit down and uh, type out or uh, a letter and email a letter and put their signature on it, why should I pay attention? Because it's just a, uh, it's just a mass mailing. So that taught me a big lesson because I thought, you know, if I got, you know, you get things in the mail or you want people, you send things out, please sign this, and you sign it and you think it means something and not so much. So what, what bills in California currently are under discussion? Oh, well, the one that I think, uh, one that I can think of that is going to be a big one, and I'm sorry I don't know the bill, is to provide licensing for uh, behavioral services, which will allow uh, insurance companies to cover it. That's huge. Then you have to talk about just the, the legislator about the state budget because they're just cutting. And, and you have the Department of De- Devel- Developmental Disabilities has been um, decimated, and I don't really know um, if that's a specific bill, it just has to do with the budget and and in mass go to the state capitals, protest, do anything that you can do, because these individuals um, do not have a vote, and so they cannot speak for themselves. So in order to do the things that I I'm hoping to do, and I'm hoping other people will do in terms of quality opportunities and services uh, to make for quality of life. You have to be active. There's there's just no way around it. Yeah, it's it's uh, a, a cruel irony that the 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 people who need to be the most active and advocating the parents are already the ones who are so stretched and who. Um, are stretched because um, they're not being support. This population is being under supported, and then you know, further to the point, the parents who should be able to be spending their time and their energy on their kids have to go and you know do the legislator legislature's job and such. So, right. right. I want to thank you, Dr. Lang. Oh, can I say for, one, one more for, thing? Uh huh. Okay. My other thing is, I think there is a huge move on for telemedicine, so that parents can have uh, access to a whoever they need, you know, a therapist, behavior analyst, whoever, and uh, so that the parents can stay in the home and communicate uh, via a telemedicine modality. That is absolutely coming down the pike, and how it's used, we also have to become involved with. And there's um, the problem with it now because the technology exists is that insurance companies and states will not reimburse for it. Mm. Okay. Well, thank you for letting us know about that option, and maybe we can work on getting that reimbursed. Did you want to give the uh, web address of that sexuality survey that you and Dr. Morrison were conducting? Yes. So it is www.surveymonkey.com dot com slash s slash 
sexual behavior in adolescents and young adults with autism. That's the link. Okay. And if listeners didn't get that, you can contact Dr. Mary Joanne Lang over at Beacon Day School. Please visit the website, www.beacondayschool.com. Dr. Lang, thank you for working on continuing to provide this wonderful, respectful educational um, option and other options for individuals on the spectrum with more to come in the future. So thank you. Oh, thank you for having me, Terry. You know I'll speak anytime. Thank you okay. so much. And, and to our listeners, our upcoming shows, October 11th, the A, B, C, D, and E to Z of nutritional supplementation for autism with Larry Newman of Kirkman Labs. And on October 18th, from Palm Trees to Progress, the National Autism Conference with the wonderful folks from the National Autism Association joining me here to talk about the uh, biomedical lectures and more at the National Autism Conference in beautiful, sunny Tampa, St. Pete, November 10th through 13th. My friends and I will be there, and I hope you will be too. Please visit their website, www.nationalautismconference.org. Thank you to this program sponsor, OxyHealth, and to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit AutismOne.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga.